You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome in. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, and this is Theology for the Rest of Us. Thanks for listening. This is episode 163, and in just a moment, we're going to be diving into uh, the genealogies of Jesus, uh, talking about the two different genealogies we see in the New Testament. And the reason I'm diving into this is because of an email I got from a a listener uh, not too long ago asking about the lineage of Jesus from David down to Jesus. And so I'm going to be diving in in just a moment. Excited to do that. Hey, before we dive into the meat of the content for this episode, uh, I just want to take care of two quick bits of business. Number one, I want to remind everyone about being subscribed to the podcast. And I know that many of you listening to this are indeed already subscribed. It's it's how you listen. It's because you're subscribed and in your favorite podcast player. Uh, but there are many people that uh, are on a regular basis stumbling across the podcast on social media or some other platform, and you maybe not already be subscribed. I want to encourage you, head on over to whatever podcast catching app you're familiar with, look up the podcast, hit the subscribe button. It's a big deal. Number one, it helps us because the more subscriptions we have, uh, the further up the search rankings we appear on different podcast directories. So, you know, the more subscriptions we have, in essence, the more people will be able to reach. So as you're subscribed, it helps us out. Uh, but also when you're subscribed, it helps you out. It guarantees you never miss a single episode because when you're subscribed, every episode gets delivered directly to your device as soon as it goes live. So help yourself out and help the show out by being subscribed. That would be awesome. Hey, the one other uh, quick bit of business I want to take care of before we talk about genealogies of Jesus is I want to let you know about the other podcasts I have. Uh, Many of you may already be familiar. I have another podcast called the Student Ministry Podcast, and that's really designed for anyone who is seeking to invest in the lives of middle school, high school, or college students. It's designed to be a source of encouragement, inspiration, as well as uh, a, a place where you can get some tools and resources in student ministry. So you can check that out. The easiest way to find that is to head over to the website. The website is studentministrypodcast.com. All right, let's dive into the topic at hand, the genealogies of Jesus. Uh, A few weeks ago, I got an email from a woman by the name of Elizabeth, uh, actually kind of in response to my episode that I did on Josephus uh, a little while back. And she actually asked several questions and got a chance to correspond by email with her. It's great. Um, She actually asked several questions, and over the next few uh, days, I'm actually going to do several episodes in response to some of the questions she brought to the table, because I thought there were some really great uh, questions. So one of the questions she asked was about uh, about Jesus being a descendant of David. So let me read the question uh, from her email. She says, why is Jesus called a descendant of David? I understand that the Old Testament prophecy said the Messiah would come out of David's line, but Jesus is not biologically related to Joseph. Great question. Uh, if you look through the the New Testament, particularly in the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew is recording the, the lineage or the genealogy of Jesus through the line of Joseph. 
Um, Joseph was Mary's husband. Mary was the mother of Jesus. Um, Joseph was not the biological father of Jesus, but he was the adopted human father of Jesus. Jesus was his adopted son. We often refer to him as Jesus' stepfather, but he was really more than that. Really, Joseph took him on as his own son, really adopted him as his own. And, And so in many ways, Jesus could be considered Joseph's oldest son, even though Joseph was not biologically related to Jesus. Um, Matthew tracks the, the genealogy of Joseph all the way from King David down to Joseph and then makes the point that Jesus comes forth from the line of, of Joseph because he is the adopted, adopted son of Joseph. Um, and, and, the, and, and from the perspective of Matthew, this fulfills the Old Testament prophecy. There was an Old Testament prophecy making it clear that the Messiah, the rescuer of humanity, would come forth from the line of David. Now, uh, the the Jewish audience that Matthew was writing to, again, makes clear, make, make, understand the, the audience that Matthew is writing to is predominantly the Jewish people. He is writing his gospel to Jewish people to make the case that Jesus is indeed the Messiah, that he fulfills all the requirements of the Messiah, and that Jewish people ought to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. That was, that was the point as to why he wrote this gospel. Now, because it's a Jewish audience, they would have been primarily concerned with the legal heir of David. They wouldn't have cared about the biological heir uh, of David. That wasn't what they were concerned with because the Messiah was to take the throne of David and the throne of David was to be passed down to whoever the legal heir was. Now, furthermore, when you read through the Old Testament and you read through the prophecy that talks about the Messiah coming forth, you, you have to understand that the Old Testament prophets are telling us that Jesus, or excuse me, that the Messiah would would come forth from the legal heir, would be a legal heir. He would come forth from the line. There is no demand that the Messiah be biologically related to David. That that's there's no expectation of that. Um, that is not asserted in the Old Testament. Neither would the Jewish audience in the first century have expected that. They would have expected the Messiah to come forth through the lineage of David, or through it would be a legal heir to David, and Jesus would have been a legal heir to the throne of David because Joseph was was you know uh wasn't was a descendant of David. And so from a Jewish perspective that would have been good enough. However, from a Gentile perspective, if you're someone that doesn't necessarily, you know, or aren't necessarily concerned with that, you would be thinking to yourself, well wouldn't he shouldn't he be biologically related? And while that's not a mandate, the Old Testament doesn't expect that just to just to sort of scratch that itch the the bible does give us a genealogy where jesus is proven to be biologically related to luke, to david and that's the genealogy we see in the book of luke now you got to remember when luke was writing his gospel he would have been writing it several years after matthew he would have had a copy of matthew's gospel in front of him he in fact would have had a, both a copy of mark and matthew both of those were already written and both of those were prominently in circulation by the time luke is writing his gospel now luke is writing to a Gentile Roman audience, not a Jewish audience. He's specifically writing for a guy named Theophilus, who was a very, who was a, a prominent Roman uh, governor, a, a wealthy Roman leader and politician. And Theophilus basically hires Luke or kind of calls upon him to do some investigative work on his behalf. Luke had been a disciple uh, of, of Paul, had served under Paul, had been mentored by Paul. And 
At some point, Luke meets Theophilus. Theophilus says to Luke, you know, we don't know precisely how the, the relationship went down, but we do know that Luke was kind of charged by Theophilus to go do some investigative work. Luke then travels back to Jerusalem as an, as an investigative reporter, really looking for the evidences that Jesus was the Messiah. And he would have been writing his gospel specifically in mind with a Roman Gentile audience that wouldn't have cared about the lineage of David. They wouldn't have cared about the Jewish uh, throne or who would become king or who would have the legal heir to the throne. They would care about Old Testament prophets making a prophecy that, that the Messiah would be a descendant. And the Gentile would say, well, that's that should be biological. So Luke takes a biological perspective. Now, we believe that Luke is not writing through the through the lineage of Joseph because Jesus is not is not biologically related to Joseph. So he is writing through the lineage of Mary. Now Luke doesn't specifically mention Mary. Luke actually says that Jesus supposedly was son of of Joseph and Joseph was the son of Eli. Now, this is interesting because Matthew mentions Joseph's father as being named Jacob. Well, it's obvious if Luke has Matthew's gospel in front of him that he is not going to directly contradict Matthew. He's actually referring to Mary's father, who was Eli, or sometimes is translated Heli with an H. Um, but but in that culture, um, the there was no Jewish word. There was no word for son-in-law. And so if you married into a family, that was considered your father. So Joseph had two fathers. Jacob would have been his father, and Eli would have been his father. Both of those men would have been his father. Now, interesting enough, Matthew specifically mentions the women in the lineage. But Luke does not mention women in his lineage. As you go through, he specifically only mentions the men of each generation from from Jesus all the way back to David and then further beyond that all the way back to Abraham or back to Adam, the first human. He goes all the way back. And this is the evidence that that he that he specifically ignores the the female in the generation that brings forth the the child. And so he says, "Okay, hey, uh, Jesus is the son of Joseph, and then Joseph's father was Eli, and then Joseph or Eli's father was such and such. And he goes, he goes all the way back to Adam, right? But he is specifically only referring to the men, which was pretty normal in this day. We have to remember who Luke is writing to. Luke is writing to a Roman audience that would have had, I mean, that would have devalued women incredibly. Now, what do we find when we examine other Roman genealogies? where we find exactly what Luke is doing. Whenever we study the genealogies of any of the Caesars, when we study the genealogies of any prominent leader from the first century or from that, uh, you know, from that part of the world from antiquity, what do we typically find? We find genealogies, biological or legal, coming forth only mentioning the husband or the father. So it would make sense that Luke would specifically mention Joseph and then give Mary's father, and then keep going back, and he does the same thing multiple times, all the way back to the very beginning. So when he sends this gospel, this writing to Theophilus, this Roman man, if he puts a woman's name in that, Theophilus would have disregarded it because women had no value in the Roman culture, and therefore it would it would not have been considered a valid genealogy. But Luke specifically is giving us the biological one. And we know this because we see an incredible emphasis on Mary in the first three 
uh, first three chapters, Luke puts an emphasis on Mary's family. He puts an emphasis on the virgin birth. He puts an emphasis on Jesus being the son of Mary. And then he goes right into the genealogy. And again, within context, it makes clear that, that he is not giving us a legal uh, genealogy the way the Matthew gave us through the lineage uh, of Joseph all the way back to David, but a genealogy that is biological, proving that Jesus is you know is related to David. And then Luke takes it a step further and takes it all the way back to the first man, Adam. So Jesus is both uh, biologically related to David and he was the legal heir of David. Hey, if you want to do some additional study on the topic, let me give you two quick resources. The first one is a book called The The Big Book of Bible Difficulties. It's co-written by Norm Geisler and Thomas Howe. Uh, you guys have probably heard me extensively talk about Norman Geisler in multiple other episodes and recommend a variety of, of, his, of his books. Um, in this book, The Big Book of Bible Difficulties, him and his co-author basically cover over 800 questions that people often ask about the Bible. When people are, are seeking to attack the Bible or critique the Bible or sort of undermine the authority of Scripture, uh, they bring up a variety of questions or thoughts. And in that book, Norm Geisler and his co-author answer over 800 of those questions, and they most certainly tackle the topic of the genealogies in Matthew and Luke and their differences, and they do a great job of explaining that there in that book. The other book I'd love to recommend to you, if you're a nerd like me, is a commentary um, that was written back in the 1970s, just called The Commentary on the Gospel of Luke, and is written by a guy named Norval Geldenhus. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing his last name. I did try to do a Google search to see if I could find how to pronounce his last name. I couldn't find it, so I apologize. Um, I'll have a link to where you can find a copy of that commentary in the show notes for this episode at our website. Uh, this is a commentary, again, written back in the 1970s. I have not read the entire commentary, but I did read a chunk of it where he is explaining and defending the idea that Luke's genealogy is indeed the genealogy of Jesus biologically through Mary all the way back to David and beyond. He does a great job of defending and explaining that there. So I encourage you to check that out. You can head to uh, the website, theologyfortherestofus.com, look at the show notes for this episode, and I'll have links to copies of uh, both of those books where you can find those online. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. And shout out to Elizabeth. Thanks for sending me that email. I'll definitely be doing additional episodes in the future in response to some of your questions. If anyone else is listening to this that'd like me to address any question or topic that you have, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. The address is Hey Ortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. Again, that's H E Y O R T I Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. I promise I'll do an episode in response to every question that comes my way. Also, you can connect with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K E N N E T H O R T I Z. I look forward to connecting with you there. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been theology for the rest of us.